there are things that we can draw from our past about our healthy, loving devotion to the land um, and other beings, we, we can, the, this is a question, like how do we actually want to organize our societies and economies? Um, and what do we need to do to interrupt this uh, destructive, extractive, murderous logic? Welcome to Habituation Room, live stream, the podcast, doing our damn thing here on a Sunday, but not for long. Remember, this show is going to be soon on Tuesdays. Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, and other time zones as well. Um, So glad to have you here. So glad you pressed play on ye old phone um, as you... Make yourself like a little brekkie, you know, as you just uh, smash some avocado toast together on like a Tuesday or whatever you're doing right now um, as you hopefully are uh, enjoying another cruel, cruel summer here in the best democracy on earth, the shining city on the hill that is sliding off of that hill. Yes, because climate change. Um we have such a good show for you today. Comedian and union organizer Nato Green is back in the stream on the pod. Uh, Yalani Dream is here. Uh, she's an artist of Sri Lankan Tamil descent based in Brooklyn. Going to break down what is going on in Sri Lanka, but more importantly, what can we look forward to? What are, what are movements on the ground talking about? What are their hopes and dreams as they see um, what was a very corrupt government um, fall to its knees and uh you know that that's an exciting moment i wish we could do that shit here oh my god um anywho if you're here on twitch what up thank you so much for subscribing so you don't have to watch all those ads uh thank you to the people on youtube i hope you're liking the stream i hope you're sharing it right now and thank you to the people listening as a podcast um once again write this podcast five stars uh, as a review on on iTunes, because that's how people discover the show. And on Monday, Dubdin wrote, she is amazing. Best way to start off my Monday mornings. A great interviewer as well. as funny. A real treasure. Title, Amazeballs. Two S's. That's right. Or H6RR6R money sign H6W. I feel like that's their password to every... Everything, um, writes, I had to stop listening to Bill Maher's anti-trans comments, which is too bad because I like his show. This is a better podcast to listen to. I need it, it to be funny and informative like this show. Hell yeah. Tell HBO at them right now. If we do a grassroots campaign to replace Bill Maher with Francesca Fiorentini, I feel like we can get there. If we get the Frantifa hive popping, we can do this. Um, Remember, you guys, we are not only digging into a few things today. Biden's Middle East trip, fucking some anti-abortion extremists inside of Congress. Um, What's going on in Sri Lanka? But for all the 
amazing patrons who didn't get their fart song last week because I was tired and it was a two-hour show. Um, we have a bonus episode for you. So patreon.com slash bituation room is where you go to get extra content. All right. John Idarola and I um, talked all about Elon Musk and uh, his deal falling through, which somehow is not as upsetting as now knowing that his dad fathered a kid with his sister. It just, it just all makes sense. Anyways, like stepsister, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Um, Matt Lieb and I talked all about Jordan Peterson and um, just to complete the circle of a-holes, Nato Green and I are going to talk about how the Supreme Court and the right has its eye on overturning Obergefell um, and overturning gay marriage and kind of like some of these, like, again, the the uh, the unearthed anthrax layers of the culture war and civil rights struggles that um, the right currently has its eye on. Um, what's going on with even access to HIV medication? What about doctors being able to claim religious exemption for not attending a patient who's gay. It could be coming. So become a patron. You're going to talk about it. It is going to be fun. We'll totally make it happy. I promise. Um, and if you don't want to become a patron, but you want to tip the show, TBR-Live on pa- on a mm, Biden moment on uh, Venmo. TBR live on Cash App. Thank you so much. Um, and with that, let's get into this week, you guys. Get on in here. Snuggle in tight. Put on your bitch caps. This is What Are You Bitching About? Briefly, um, but it is sort of big. Uh, I, I think every summer now, especially living in California where it's... <coughs> Drier than Ben Shapiro's wife's pussy. Um, I have climate doom. You know, every summer you're just like, oh, yeah, this is really hot and it's bad. And uh, I get mad and sad and despairing all at once, especially now that we know this week that uh, Joe Manchin is like, nah, I don't like any climate plan. And you're like, yeah, yeah, tight. We saw that coming a million miles away. Um And that's what happens when you have like a literal coal baron, just like put a fucking top hat on him. Like, I wish they should make billionaires dress like the Monopoly man, just so we know. Like, that was their, that's how we knew then. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what led to some of the like labor movements then. Now we just need, they need, you know, they need to be marked for us. Instead, they're all, you know, it's like Zuckerberg wearing t-shirts and jeans and like hoodies and shit. But anyway, um, I get sad about us not all having nice things, you know, and how like I'm like, I want to go to a lake, except I don't want the lake to depress me because all of the lake levels in this state are like way below. They're just like this like receding hairline of, you know, sadness. And, um, you know, our homes are not retrofitted to be climate um, to withstand this amount of heat or whatever, be like climate resilient, if you will. And that just means that like, it's fucking hot in your house. And then when it's cool outside, why is it still hot in the house? Why still hot in the house? I rent. I can't change it. I'm not gonna. 
Why do we have shitty grass outside that the landlord's like, it's fine. It's not. It's like a rat's tail. And like, why just replace that? You can't play with water anymore. Water balloons just make me sad now. Why do water balloons make me sad? So, yeah, I know I should move to where there's more water. But I, I, I don't, I'm committed to this state, you know, unless The Daily Show wants me to replace Trevor Noah. But the point is, I am sad. I'm sad. And to quote a, a man who will be on this show shortly, uh, I do think we need a war on the 1%. That is how we're going to fix this. They have far too much. They've destroyed everything. Um, and then they can say, first they came for the millionaires, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a millionaire. And then they came for the billionaires, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a billionaire. I got that switched up. And then things were pretty much fine. And that's how I feel when it comes to the climate apocalypse is, yeah, we need a class war. And absolutely, we need socialism. And uh, NATO, I'm sorry for fucking up your bit. Please welcome to the stream, Mr. NATO Green. Oh, hello there. Hi. Hey, buddy. Uh, it's good. I, I was like uh, trying to remember how my bit goes. <laughs> <laughs> you start with the billionaires, yeah. then you go to the millionaires. I, but I don't even remember how I got into it. Like, like I've, I, I have reached this the place in comedy where I need to go back and listen to my albums to be like, how do my old bits go? You talk about how like a someone hit someone with their yacht and then you're like, oh, yeah. the, the, like rich people are all scared that we're going to create like a war on them. And, yeah, and yeah. you're there like, was, let's there do was it. That guy, that guy died. Uh, there was that guy who said that the rich were like the Jews in Nazi Germany. Right. Thanks. Thanks okay. for jogging my memory. We, we got there together. Yeah. Nato, what are you bitching about today? Uh, I am, uh, I'm bitching about uh, the genre of dystopian uh, entertainment. Um, like, I guess it's supposed to be a cautionary tale, but like. Like Squid Game? Sorry, what are we talking well, about? Well, I mean, just like anything. Like I watched the new Batman and it's all, mm -hmm. it's like. Like, you know, they're all constantly setting things in, like, this gritty dystopian world. You know, Batman is, like, you know, bleak city where there's a conspiracy and everyone's in on it. They're all getting rich. And I'm like, I don't, man, have you been to a city? Like, like we have a broken, dysfunctional city where I live. And there's, I wish that there was a conspiracy that everyone was in on. Instead, of it's just, like, a bunch of inept boobs, like, pointing fingers at each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, you know, so, sort of, like on the take or like V for Vendetta, you know, is like this right wing neo-fascist group takes like creates a plague in order to like scare the country into embracing fascism. And there was a conspiracy right. and everyone was in on it. Okay. What about like Kavifi and, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> what, what if we just like neglect the government until, you know, and the function, having a functioning society until, yeah we get to the same result without even needing to go to the effort of a conspiracy, like a conspiracy. Well, that's, what, like, that's what's so funny about conspiracy theories. You're like, that's so adorable that you think this is planned. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, that there's all of these like just like gritty dystopian, like, you know, things and uh, you know, TV shows and movies or whatever. And they're all like, uh, like if they were about the kinds of like horrible things that we actually have to deal with, they would just be incredibly stupid. They would just be like, you know, it would just be like sad porn all the time. 
Did you say sad porn? Sad horn. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sad trombone. Yeah. Not, I think not, it's the trombone. Not sad, not sad porn. That's a whole different discussion. <laughs> uh, I mean, I do feel like leading Democrats definitely beat off to like sad porn. <laughs> that's like. <laughs> Just like people crying as they're coming. They're yeah. like, that's my shit. You're like, yeah, we know. Yeah. We know you act like that. Uh, yeah, no, the ineptitude is, uh, that's, I think, what hurts mo- most. You're like, if this were all a plan, you'd be like, hey, good job. It feels like the right is carrying out a plan, but like Democrats and centrists are like, nope, they're just kind of sort of going along with whatever. Right. But then, then, on, tell them then on the other side, like the, the ones, the stories that are supposed to be uplifting and heroic are also like disappointing. Like there's a threat to all of humanity. And in our hour of need, people band together and rise to the occasion and face their fears and overcome their differences to like say, nope, not that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening at all. People are like, eh, I got a thing. So I'll stop by for 20 minutes. I'll stop by to defeat Thanos for, can I, can I just, can I squeeze it in between my thing and my other thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. I, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And like, where are we getting lunch? Yeah. Are you, I'm hungry. Is um, there, is there a bathroom at the Infinity War? Cause I'm going to have to pee at some point. <laughs> it was always very fun. I mean, look, I believe in street demonstrations. People know that I love it. I get a lot of energy and I think there's nothing more important than gathering and like throwing down. But at, after every single demonstration, Back during the anti-war global justice days, we would all just like end up in line for the bathroom at the Starbucks. <laughs> we were like, fuck capitalism, fuck Starbucks. Ooh, I really got to pee. Really yeah. got to pee. Yeah. And there are no public bathrooms in this city. I will Thank pay you. for a cake bite so that I can go pee at the Starbucks. <laughs> or what are they called? Exactly. Those cake pops? Cake, cake pops. pops, totally. Mmm, and I will love my cake pop. Please let me pop. pee. Uh... Yeah, I so um, I, I like I went to the gay pride march in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and um, we we joined up with like the People's Pride March, which was the like n- no corporations, no cops, no politicians, like right. the unpermitted march. And weren't the cops already like mad? And we're like, no, we're not going. Yeah. Oh, there was a whole thing, dude, where like the cops right. were like not gonna go and then and then all these politicians were like well if the cops can't go we can't go and it's like do you understand that the whole the origin of this was fucking people fighting cops like that's (laughs) the beginning of the of gay pride is people fighting cops in new york and so yeah so the cops were being babies and they were like this is erasing the visibility of the gay cops it's like yeah that's 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 the pressing issue of our time is (laughs) <laughs> Who will remember the plight of the gay cops? Sorry, so you were saying. So we went we went to the People's Pride March um and marched with a contingent of uh that the, of a group the organization that my wife is involved in that's working to get like law enforcement out of public health facilities. Um mm-hmm. and uh you know, my kids were my kids were into it. Like and and it definitely like in this, you know, like incredibly depressing time. Like I was with the, the week that the, that the Supreme court, um, uh, you know, turned us back to the middle ages. I had COVID. Mm-hmm. So I was stuck in a room alone reading bad news, which is like fucking heinous. Uh, <laughs> so like I couldn't even talk to anybody or hug anybody. Um, and so 
then so then like i was cleared to go out so then i like got to go out and take it to the streets and you know taking the streets makes, nice. me, makes me feel better yeah absolutely even if you do have to rush home and go to the bathroom yeah um yeah it's also like we you think you're gonna band together i mean i obviously am thinking of the don't look up film which i thought was really good and people were like no i don't want to wear a piece of cloth over my face Mm-mm. like come on and now we're literally taking away people's rights a year later and forcing people to give birth and my dumbass who just wants to do it like volunteer based volunteer based birth just what am i doing anywho we got a lot to get into, uh, a few news and items that I wanted to run down. This was the week where former National Security Advisor John Bolton admitted in an interview that Trump's coup sucked, and he would know because he's helped do coups, which is a pretty chilling confession. So, like, where's his HBO miniseries with some dope stylized intro credits? I just want to say, like, neocons are really underrepresented in the true crime space, and we need to talk about that. Who who would you who would you want to play John Bolton in the in the TV version? The the correct answer is William H Macy with a mustache. Well, that's true. <laughs> I was thinking Christopher Walken. Uh huh. But oh, he'd love he would love that. He would love nothing more because like the pride in Bolton's voice. And I plan coups. Yeah. Like, this is what happens when you weren't more closely recognizable as part of the Bush administration. Like, you still get to show your face, whereas a lot of those dudes have, like, you know, learned. And and, and, and Bolton is, like, the like the, the butthurt one who has to be, like, who has to tell people. Because you know if it was Kissinger, everyone would be like, bro, we know. We know you had a, you did a, a coup or two. God, just the goblin on the shoulder of every president. All right. The January 6th hearing continued, and we heard details of a meeting between different factions of Trump's inner circle uh, that sounded like a fight straight from the Warriors movie. Just crazy on crazy. Some people had bats. Other people had their face painted. We also heard that the Oath Keepers wanted to become the president's personal brown shirts, um, which is very ironic for, like, a group of former military to call the Oath Keepers um, – to then like who like are called that because they swore an oath to the constitution to like be involved in subverting the constitution like that they haven't even read the book that they worship like we've all skimmed books by like Nabokov like Lolita in order to like give a book report but we don't go out and form the like Lolita zaddy hunting club do you know what I mean we don't we don't completely turn that into okay it's fine I I tried. Turns out there were uh, actually, uh, in other news, 400 police officers waiting outside of Robb Elementary High School uh, in Uvalde, Texas, doing nothing while one gunman was, again, killing children and teachers. And this just feels like a really sad but honest sequel to the movie 300. Like it's 400 instead of warriors, just a bunch of dudes with one packs refusing to go into battle. No. They, uh, they, I was most shocked to find out that there are 400 police officers in Uvalde. It seems like, yeah, like there's only 15,000 people there. That's right. Yeah. So it's like, like it go it goes back to you know one of one of my major lessons of social change, which is it is not difficult to overwhelm a small town police department. Uh, so what it means is that probably Uvalde brought in law enforcement from other jurisdictions. 
to stand yeah. around and jack off while children got killed. Yes, and and Border Patrol as well. Uh, more than 200 Democratic congressional staffers have signed on to an open letter to leadership imploring uh, um, Senator Schumer and uh, Representative Pelosi to fight for climate legislation. Climate action has moved at such a glacial pace that glacial pace moves faster than its own turn of fucking phrase. Uh, in response, we can only hope the Democratic leadership will wrap themselves in an ice pack around their necks and kneel for at least five minutes. And finally, <laughs> images from the James Webb telescope are showing us incredible stretches of our own galaxy in remarkable detail, reminding us reminding us of how small and insignificant we are and how, how part of a great expansive universe we are. Um, so please uh, become a patron, uh, patreon.com slash bituation room. Mm, that's just when I saw that, I was like, yes, like, subscribe, share for everything else. This is the week where. So this was the week where uh, Joe Biden, our president, uh, was in the Middle East and he took a trip to uh, Israel first and then popped on over to Saudi Arabia, which apparently isn't a thing that is done. And so the fact that he did it was like, hey, that's amazing. You know, you just usually there's like the war criminal, like direct the hopper flights between um, war crime countries the puddle jumpers. are very expensive. The puddle jumpers. Exactly. So he did that. Uh, what did he do while he was there? He did things like um <clears throat> reaffirm Trump's agenda in the Middle East by reaffirming what is called the Abraham Accords, which essentially is an agreement between Israel, Bahrain, the UAE to normalize relations, throwing Palestinians under the bus, um, throwing the Iran deal under the bus. If you guys remember that sort of crown jewel of the Obama administration that Biden has not yet picked back up and Trump tried to destroy. Um, he didn't promise to move the embassy back to Tel Aviv, uh, where it once was. Instead, you know, it's in Jerusalem, which is contested and not a good look. Um, he said he he also did not mention anything about the recent murder of Palestinian-American journalist Shireen Abu Akleh, um, even though Palestinians were asking him to. So they urged him to do the U.S. to do more to hold Israel accountable for the killing of Palestinian-American journalists. Shireen Abu Akleh in May, which the U.S. Depart State Department said last week likely resulted from gunfire from the Israeli Defense Forces positions during an IDF-led raid in the West Bank. The State Department caveated their conclusions, however, by saying that a forensic analysis, quote, could not reach a definitive conclusion regarding the origin of the bullet that killed Abu Akleh. Like, the re like who made that bullet? Like, can we, like, trace it back? Like, where was that bullet born? Like, where was it raised? You know, who like cultivated Was there it, a second know? shooter on a grassy knoll? Yes, exactly. Who, who we will never know. Right. Um, so this is all bad news, obviously, uh, if you believe in actual peace in the Middle East. Um, but Biden, let's remember, has been around the block when it comes to Israel. He has he has been around for a very long time. His first visit to Israel was in, I think 1973. Here he is talking about that visit and subsequent visits and then saying something that, man, I, we have not heard an American president say 
uh, I don't know, maybe ever. I had the privilege of spending time with Prime Minister Golda Meir. I'll never forget, I was sitting next to a gentleman on my right when there were AIDS. His name was Rabin. I think, look back on it all now, and I realize that I had the great honor of living part of the great history of this country. And I did say, and I say again, you need not be a Jew to be a Zionist. You need not be a Jew to be a Zionist. Uh, My favorite part is when he mentions Rabin and those, and then the camera cuts to the two other guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, we killed that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he tried to make a peace deal, so we smote his ass. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, like, you need not be a Jew to be a Zionist. I mean, this is, like, what the far right says, right? That's ultimately – they don't really, like, talk about Zionism that openly, um, but definitely when it comes to the idea that, yeah, 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 the middle uh, – you don't know, Israel, Palestine needs to just belong to the Israelis, yay occupation, um, holy sites only in control of Israelis, and get all the Jews back there. Then Jesus comes and saves like a quarter of them, and then the rest of them die. I'm a Zionist. Yay! It's, <laughs> it's, it's wild to me to live in this moment moment in history when like there's like these you know the they're the the like the Democratic majority for Israel and there are these like pro Israel lobbying groups that are dumping money into Democratic primary campaigns. Uh, you know, like that that Zionists have decided to like form a coalition with Nazis in order to stop progressives. How's that going to work out, fucking other Jews who are not me? <laughs> <laughs> but that and then, and that's that. Like, I mean, again, the very first president to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory was Benjamin Netanyahu. Also, the same day. Uh, I believe in Pennsylvania, I'm, I'm not remembering correctly, but a Jewish cemetery was um, vandalized, headstones toppled in celebration of Donald Trump um, becoming president. So, yeah, no, anti-Semitism and pro-occupation Zionist policies are very much, very much um, in alignment, sadly. And uh, none of this means... You want Israel to be pushed into the sea, but it does mean we want to end the occupation. And that all, like, even now, he's repeating the same line. He's like, I said it then, I'm still going to say it now. We're all Zionists here. And, like, nothing about the amount of violence that is waged on Palestinians. I think I think they're talking about expanding 4G in the occupied territories, which I'm like, cool. So, <laughs> better Really better, what they need. Better, How about better streaming? Better, better streaming. Better to live stream your own occupation and ethnic cleansing. They're gonna, they're gonna expand 4G, but they're only gonna be able to use canopy. <laughs> uh, so all of this obviously is like he again. He's moving even away from the Obama legacy, and he's moving far closer to the Trump legacy in the Middle East, the Jared Kushner legacy, um, which is basically just make a bunch of backdoor deals with uh, Middle Eastern countries, get rich. And call it peace. Uh, name a settlement after Donald Trump, because that also happened under his watch or what, when he was president. Um, and it has a lot to do with what's going on in Saudi Arabia and the normalization of relationships as well and relations. Saudi Arabia and Israel don't have formal relations, 
but they got a lot of informal ones. They are very much sort of back backdoor frenemies. Um, and they are in agreement that Iran must never be welcomed into the international community. Um, Palestinians, eh, they're a sacrificial lamb. Uh, and anyway, hunky-dory, move on, strong arm the United States when it comes to oil prices, weapons, uh, continue a war on Yemen, which, by the way, Biden said nothing about either, um, despite Congress people, including people like Senator Rand Paul working with Bernie Sanders to try and get a bill passed to the Senate December of the 2021 didn't pass, but like there is bipartisanship. It did a, a similar piece of legislation did pass in the house um, saying no more weapon sales to Saudi Arabia. Again, the weapon sales have only continued under Biden. Um, so let's talk about Saudi Arabia. There he was. He didn't, he didn't talk about, um, he didn't talk about the killing of Shireen Abu Akleh. So was he going to talk about the killing and dismemberment of um, journalist Jamal Khashoggi, American journalist, um, worked for the Washington Post? Let, let's hear what he was saying back on the campaign trail about that. Khashoggi was, in fact, murdered and dismembered. And I believe in the order of the crown prince. And I would make it very clear we were not going to, in fact, sell more weapons to them. We were going to, in fact, make them pay the price and make them, in fact, the pariah that they are. There's very little social redeeming value of the, in the present uh, government in Saudi Arabia. And I would also, as pointed out, I would end, end the subsidies that we have, end the sale of material to the Saudis where they're going in and murdering children and they're murdering innocent people. And so they have to be held accountable. Yes, they have to be held accountable. And here's how he did it. Getting out of his limo. And, oh, there's a little fist bump with uh, MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Let's play that one back just a little bit. Love this. Yep. I feel like Biden holds out the fist first for the bump. Yep. That's uh. When Obama did did it did a fist didn't they call that the terrorist fist jab? Yep, <laughs> they, did. they literally did. I mean, it's it's amazing. Obviously, he was a black man, and um, you know, that's like it's a whole other thing. But this is a next. This is next level. Um. Yeah, and and so yeah. the Biden administration would be like, see, it was a fist bump. There wasn't a. It wasn't a hug. That was that was how we held him accountable. Was we didn't shake hands or hug, or spoon. It's for COVID. Yeah, it's COVID it's safety. It's for COVID. We just did a Why wasn't bump. it an elbow bump yeah. then? Huh? Yeah, we, did, um, we didn't kiss cheek to cheek. I didn't, Biden was like, I didn't give him a back rub like I usually do. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, yeah, look, this is, he's on the campaign trail. No more weapon sales. Held accountable. Treat him like a pariah. But, uh-oh, we need oil. Could you please produce more and lower the goddamn price of oil? Because, uh, you know, pain at the pump and killing me in the polls here. Uh, also killing journalists. But he didn't bring that. In fact, actually, no, he did bring it up. To his credit, Joe Biden did bring up the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. And ironically, this was MBS's response. When the U.S. president brought up Khashoggi with a de facto Saudi ruler on Friday, the prince reportedly hit back. 
accusing Washington of hypocrisy by not investigating the killing of Palestinian-American journalist Shireen Abu Akleh and for allowing abuse of inmates at Iraq's Abu Ghraib prison. Ooh, Prince. I learned it from watching you, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like, but it's amazing to me that, you know, the, uh, the, the... the praise that he receives from the Israelis. Obviously, he's not going to bring up Shireen Abu Akleh. He's going to, you know, sign a new accord that means nothing. Reaffirm the Abraham Accords. Goes over to Saudi Arabia. And they're like, bitch, you didn't bring it up with Israel. So you can't bring it up with us. They killed the journalist too. So you don't get to, you know. And you're like, it is a little bit of the. It's not the all lives matter reaction but it kind of is the all lives matter reaction um of like yeah but we're not talking about that right now again to quote another nato green bit that got very popular on tiktok everyone nato is a great comic you guys know this <laughs> i keep um, i keep francesca i keep sitting down to write jokes about something and then i'll be like oh shit i wrote this joke 10 years ago uh i wish there was something new for me to talk about uh, you should get pregnant like me. It's, oh, God, just like an instant material. Doesn't always work. Yeah, the material. It's, it's, yeah. Is, it, is that an abortion um, joke? Doesn't always work. Yeah. The material doesn't work. Oh, yeah. It, it could be. I don't know. I'm trying to work on like an open carry bit, you know, like I'm open carrying, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, right, right. Um, I mean, any. You know, kids say the darndest things. Um, and you know, my, the twins, my, my kids just turned 14, uh, a week ago. So it's, uh, it's, it's deep. It's very deep. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I feel like there's more to that story, but okay. NATO, we're talking about Biden in Saudi Arabia. And I just want to say that Paige, the producer also who has worked with in these times, um, I did some reporting that actually 28 Biden officials have ties to Saudi Arabia. So, hmm. Hmm. I wonder if he's going to be stern with them. Um, and what do you know? Fallout from both the Israel visit, fallout from both the Saudi Arabia visit. What was going, what happened? Well, immediately after Biden left Israel, they launch air raids on the Gaza Strip. Thankfully, no casualties reported. The missile attacks came after U.S. President Joe Biden left Israel to travel to Saudi Arabia. Great. Now, what happened when he left Saudi Arabia and did not bring up or was not able to really get far with the whole Jamal Khashoggi discussion? UAE arrests Khashoggi's U.S. lawyer on money laundering charges. Civil rights lawyer who had represented the slain Saudi journalist was arrested while transiting through the Dubai airport, an official and a rights group say. Tight. I'm sure, surely those are legit charges and have nothing to do with the fact that both of these countries are getting away with murder. But, I mean, it's also like, you know, the, I mean, I, the U.S. never has, but we're in a moment where any kind of, like, moral authority is out the, you know, and it's, you know what I mean? Like, like let yes. alone the Palestinian, uh, you know, American journalist that got killed, but, you know, it's like, if Biden tries to bring up human rights with any of these people, you know, if I was Mohammed bin Salman, I would just show the picture of that cop with the Punisher background on the phone, standing outside while children, are, like, 
Aren't you the motherfuckers who let children get murdered? Uh, are these your heroes? Yeah. This is... Why don't you... But see, up. that's the thing. It's like, that's not fair. I once interviewed the mayor of Tokyo about like, like population decline in Tokyo. And it's, it's, I mean, in Japan. And part of the reason is they don't allow like my immigrants to like settle permanently in Japan. They can sort of like work for a little bit and then they have to go back. They're fairly xenophobic as a society. Going to put that out there. So it's a lot of like migrant workers, um, temporary workers, and they don't have anyone like bolstering up their, um, like their retirement base, essentially Um, no one paying into the system. So there's like a retirement cliff. There's a, there's a long way to go to say that then the Tokyo um, mayor was like, "Um, what about Donald Trump? You just elected him and he wants to build a wall on the U S Mexico border. And I was like, okay, yeah, but I'm asking you the question right now. (laughs) Fair point. However, It's just, it is, an, it's just an easy one. You'll be, Trump can always be used. Literally, he's the Trump card for anyone trying to hold anyone else accountable forever. Um, all right, we got to move on. This was the week where uh, there was a two-day congressional hearing to discuss the impact of the Dobbs Supreme Court ruling, which, again, overturned 50 years of precedent on Roe v. Wade. And it made some for some very choice moments in Congress, some spicy little gems I want to go through. Um, the first spicy gem um, is when a uh, representative, Josh Hawley, asks questions of law professor Kiara Bridges and gets just a very, very rapid schooling in what his clearly anti-trans BS line of questioning is doing and what it is and is not about. And so he, he effectively does the like, what's a woman? Define a woman. Which is a comment we all get. Here you go. Uh, Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. We can recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. So your view is is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning because we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm denying that trans people exist by asking you you if you're talking about women having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think (laughs) so. You are denying that trans people exist. And that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, or are they also treated like this? No, no, no. They're told that they're opening up people to violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. I bet you might learn a lot. Wow, I I would learn a lot. I've learned a lot just in this exchange. Absolutely extraordinary. Yep. Um, Ugh. Extraordinary. I, I. It's it's hard for me to reconcile the level of destruction these people are unleashing and how fucking stupid they are. 
um, like there's no amount of like, oh, he, you know, this person seems like he knows it. Like at least with Donald Rumsfeld, you had the sense that he knew what he was doing. He knew how to torture. Yeah. Like you knew he was the devil, but he was fucking good at it. Um, yeah. And so uh, I, I am certain with this professor that there is some like, like later that night over a martini at some bar with friends, there was a, what I would have said was story that she, she told. And oh, absolutely. I would pay any amount of money to find out what that was. Yes. Yes. She kept it together and also was so not giving him the answer that he wanted and yet was so clear and concise about who can get pregnant and what he, she's talking about and what anti-trans language is. His, but his reaction really was, to me, very sophomoric. I mean, it was exactly what you would hear in a class. Like, you can do that in a college class. Like, wow, wow, my line of questioning is anti-trans? <laughs> what is a woman? You can't even define it. Like, I've argued with those douchebags in college. Like, that's all I did in college was argue with those douchebags. And, like... This is a fucking sitting representative. This guy gets a chance to talk to Kiara Bridges, who is actually brilliant. She's a brilliant scholar. Um, she's incredible at breaking this down. And he just wants to ask her, what is a woman? Oh, <laughs> it's just so small. Anyway, another person who goes even further is South Carolina representative, um, Ralph Norman, who wants this to be about infanticide, he thinks, and I don't know, I literally don't understand this anti-choice line of thinking that, like, people are killing babies when they're born. I'm not, I'm not sure where we're getting infanticide, but here, here's his line of questioning. Being then schooled by state representative uh, from Georgia, Renita Shannon, and then National Women's Law Center head uh, Fatima Goss-Graves. You agree with infanticide? Well, I think you're using um, inflammatory language to basically describe a situation that does not happen. We don't have infanticide happening. Doctors would not do that, and neither would folks who have carried pregnancy. Okay, would a healthy child, do you agree if a healthy child is born, that is that woman's right to decide if it lives or dies? What I think is, based on your question, you have a very low opinion of pregnant people. Because if you think no, no, that anybody the, would carry... the question. Excuse me. Excuse, answer the question. I'm answering it. Do you no, wanna, you're not. You want to answer it or you want to keep talking over witnesses? What I'm telling no, no. you is nobody would carry a pregnancy and then decide on a Monday because they are bored that they want to have an abortion. That's ridiculous. And it's inflammatory, what you're saying. You're talking about families who are in tough situations where folks have been excited about carrying a pregnancy. Most of the abortions that happen later in pregnancy are really tragedies where it's really a disappointment for everyone involved. But you agree with, I I take it with all those words, uh, you do agree with basically murdering a child uh, after they're born. Miss, uh, Miss Graves, could you answer that? Would you just, yes or no? I have to say... Congressman, how you just characterize the representative statement is is extremely inflammatory and the type of thing that it's dangerous. And what you guys have been talking today about the threats against crisis pregnancy centers, which I assume are are serious and are terrible. The threats I've that people who work on abortion not access reclaiming every my time. single day. I'm assuming that you're for infanticide. I would also say that her, line, her language, language of Madam Chair, not okay. that, uh, gentleman's time. Congressman, that's the question. He's reclaiming his time. He touches kids. I'm just going to say that. He he has touched children. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you so wish that what they said was, sir, do you know what the clitoris is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sir, where is the clitoris actually? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm asking you a question. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, sir. W- when I say WAP, does that mean anything to you? Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of that terminology before? Um, no, yeah. Uh, so you do believe in infanticide? Like the what do they want? What do they want? What do white old white men in power want that they don't already have? Literally, other than like what? I'm sorry. Like again, you don't know how to turn poor people into fuel yet. Elon's working on it, but you don't. You don't have that technology. Why? Why do you want more people? like strapped with kids, poor, angry, disaffected. Like what is the fuck is the, again, you're not even tying us together and like making yachts out of us. It's wild that they are attempting to build a political movement out of banning recreational sex. You wouldn't think that would be a winning program, but apparently people are into it. No. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, to say nothing, we're going to talk about the anti-sodomy laws, but I'm really, like, really, have you been on the internet? Nothing but sodomy. Just nothing. (laughs) Just kidding. But it is. It's mostly that. Also, this show and other good shows. Um, It's just just this show and then sodomy? It's, It's this show and sodomy. You like how are you running on that of like of like no yeah no sex for pleasure in the year 2022 it's all we've got you've destroyed everything else i think sex for pleasure is pretty much the last vestige of good that we have time for a crossover episode of situation room sodomy <laughs> no why do you plant that in people's minds even though it probably was already there it's very hot suddenly in this <laughs> not you, not involving um, you just like just instead of having that involving nice, NATO yeah involving, involving me I'm like you know whatever but instead of that nice purple background just just people butt fucking behind you while you're talking about <laughs> the state of democracy <laughs> I'm just like but these representatives would love nothing more Josh Hawley wants to be pegged so bad like Ralph Norman again Ugh, I don't even want to know. Just mm, live your life. Stop trying to take everyone else's freedoms away. Uh, all right, we have to move on. There was more to that, those stories. Uh, Eric Swalwell had some dope moments everyone should go check out. But we have to move on to um, our main sitch, um, talking about what's going on in Sri Lanka. Again, um, joining us uh, for this discussion, uh, artist of Sri Lankan Tamil descent, Coming to us from the People's Republic of Brooklyn, New York. Please welcome Yelani Dream. Hey. Yelani, I'm so sorry. I almost. <laughs> uh, you, you, got, you got your selection. Yeah. Hi, Yelani. <laughs> welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I So I've been trying to like put together sort of a summary of what's been going on. And so I'm going to do that. And then okay. you tell me then we'll get into stuff and tell me what i got wrong but i've basically come to this is what i've got so we've got massive demonstrations over the economic crisis in sri lanka forcing president gotabaya rajapaska to resign food fuel Mm -hmm. medicine shortages um have been really bad 
60% inflation rates, like on a scale we can't even imagine. In April, um, Sri Lanka defaulted on $51 million worth of debt. Um, and obviously this led to during the, we saw the, the presidential palace getting stormed. You saw people swimming in the pool, which was really tight. Um, part of that debt is because there's been a long time economic mismanagement and corruption um, by in part the Rajapaska family in a country that's massively reliant on IMF loans and structural adjustment programs to get those loans. Um, then leading to this precise moment, 2019 tax cuts that actually didn't go so well. Of course, what anti, you know, um, climate change folks are like polluters are saying was the real problem, which was like the ban on fertilizers, chemical fertilizers in 2020 that happened, but it did really um, uh, stretch farmers in the country. And then COVID. And on top of COVID, the war in Ukraine. So you've got like literally everything coming in rapid succession. Um, the COVID meant a lot of lockdowns. Uh, and now we're here and the president resigned. The prime minister was just sworn in as interim president. And it's kind of incredible how like this, like just like this, um, convergence of all these, all these different crises that seem to be like a slower burn, but were sped the fuck up by COVID, by the war in Ukraine, by everything going on. So can you, is that sort of, is that right-ish? <laughs> yeah, you, you did great. You did great. Um, yeah, I, I I would say that like uh, Sri Lanka is the canary in the coal mine when we take a look at like ways in which neoliberalism um, elected authoritarianism and also the ways in which like majoritarian um, uh, majoritarianism also allowed for uh, the consolidation of authoritarian power. Um, uh, the the um, this over reliance on debt, a trade deficit being um, over reliant, also the uh, a divestment mm. in domestic pr production um, and um, becoming really reliant on imports, which I think a lot of island nations find themselves in this in that situation as well. So, and then also this idea that okay. As an island, we've got tourism has to, is going to be the industry. So, like, how do we make Sri Lanka sexy for like uh, tourists? How right. do we, you know, import fancy cars? How do we, you know, because you know they they ban the uh, import of chemical fertilizers overnight. You need a transition plan for that. When you know the Green Revolution, we've been dealing with this stuff from the 1970s, and then you're suddenly um, that's you're not following the science with that policy, um, but it's, uh, you know, they weren't, you know, banning the import of luxury right. cars. <laughs> you know, so, right, that would, uh, that would impact the rich know, people. That That's no good. Uh, so there's, there, there was, like you said, a conversion of multiple crises, definitely successive governments and a history of neoliberal structural adjustment policies. Um, I think a significant one to be looking at is some of the policies that happened in like the 1970s, which was, that was a, that was a scary IMF, you know, that was also the IMF of mass sterilization in South Asia as well. Right. So, um, you know, these has, there, so there's definitely been successive authoritarian governments, successive neoliberal policies that have led to this moment. And we also have had a family that has 
um, been, uh, you know, lining their pockets, stealing from the people, mm-hmm. um, intense nepotism. I mean, we're talking about so many of the ministers uh, being um, uh, family members. Uh, the before, so this current prime minister that has become the acting president uh, was appointed by um, Godabaya after his brother, who is the previous prime minister, was forced to resign after <laughs> his, his house was the first one to get burnt out. So, you know. Uh, so only so many mansions left yeah. and so many positions left. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell me yeah, about the people. Yeah. Like, who's been taking the streets? Who are some of the main groups? And, um, like, are there any emerging, like, opposition leaders and figures is there the Sri Lankan Zelensky or is it more decentralized than that? It, it's it's decentralized, but people are trying to co-opt the movement. And there are definitely groups that are going, Always with the people going around saying, yeah, they're trying to co-opt. And they're also trying to be like, oh, this came from. So um, one of the largest sites that's occupied is at Golf Base and, and the, the abbreviation for it is mm-hmm. GGG. Uh, or, but also it has turned into go to gone gamma before it's go to go gamma. And now that go is gone, it's go to gone gamma. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, there's so many different, uh, groups that, ha- that are occupying that space that have come together, that have different tents, that represent different issues that, um, and then, you know, some folks are more, uh, they were part of formal movements. So, um, you know, there was a, a huge general strike that involved teachers, uh, healthcare workers, um, trade unionists, free trade zone workers. Um, uh, you know, some of the folks that have been at GGG have included the mothers of the disappeared who have been uh, protesting for, for years i don't have the exact number but so many others of like uh, like political disappearances ethno-religious disappearances yeah so uh many of the mothers and the families of the disappeared are those who so they're during the war um and especially during the last years of the war they're um sri lanka had one of the highest rates of disappearances in the world right so um there were so many people who actually um, you know, uh, wave white flags, surrendered, um, and they were, and, and sometimes their families like encouraged them to, cause they were just like, that's the safest way in this moment. And, and they, they were disappeared. So, uh, and then there's also been, um, uh, journalists, political activists, um, people who have dissented against the government who have also been disappeared. So, um, uh, the, so and then um, this this was also two historic prides that also happened um, in the north and east was the uh, first time that Jaffna had a pride uh, um, celebration and then in the south it was the largest pride mobilization and that was part of the so the general strike well. so, and like pride marches. Well, yeah, I mean, different at different right, right. times, right? So there's been and it, it's like there'll be. So there's been there there have, there's a rich there have been rich streams of movements right um, folks that have been organizing um, from plantation workers to free trade zone workers to farmers to uh, people who are impacted by 
the human rights violations that the Rajapaksa family. So those are those were those formations have been organizing for yeah. some time, right before this yeah. moment. And then, um, but what we're seeing is what what's so uh, mind boggling about this moment is the the mass mobilization and um, folks who actually voted um, in uh, you know this regime uh, awakening to their crimes mm. and being like you lied to us um, and then and. And then also the ways in which the protests have been happening is that it's been a rapid transformation and exchange, especially amongst young people, where also all these different streams are converging and people are learning and and exchanging information and doing teach-ins with each other. And then at Go to Go Gama or Gone Gama now, uh, you know, decisions are actually made um through collective consensus. Wow. And so there's folks who represent, and that could include the person who's making tea for everybody, mm-hmm. right? So like there's there's different, some people are like providing food there. Some some folks, they never protested before, but they believe in, they want mm-hmm. ethical governance. And then there's some groups that are more formally uh, it's, organized. It's like an things. Occupy moment, sorry. It is, they are, they, they occupy, it, they are, you know, occupying the golf face green. And then it was an occupation also of like the presidential palace, the um, secretariat, the prime minister's office. Or, or did they have drum well. circles too? Yeah, I, I, people are playing. Uh, there's been also different, the Maliaha community, um, you know, uh, did um, some ceremonies and rituals to also get, uh, uh, go to the go. So there's been like, so many different, um, uh, you know, also uh, uh, Ramadan also happened during the protests as well. So there was also uh, folks who were breaking uh, fast. And there, there's, it, it, it is, there's so much different cultural presence and exchange that's happening that is also um, unprecedented, especially for this it, generation. Part, part of what's, I mean, I, I feel like when, when things, I mean, to, to be honest, like the point at which I started paying attention was when they got in the pool. I was like, I was <laughs> yeah. like you could do what now? <laughs> uh, so, They're like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Throw, I was like, oh, party. oh. And, you know, people play the pianos, they, they, they cook in, to the they're kitchen, storming in and they using bosses like that's that seems like that's dope. Uh, so then but it, it seems like they it's like started out it often starts out with some with some a pretext like upset about about uh, about gas prices and then and then over time it expands to encompass more issues and raise more systemic demands. And what's your sense of like what how the rest of the Sri Lankan ruling class is relating to the government right now like is there like are they trying to like throw these particular politicians under the bus and then contain mm-hmm. broader democratic reforms or like wh- like what's the what's the space between the government and the rest of the ruling class you know what i'm saying yeah i mean i think uh elected officials and the the political elite, they know that they can't not pay attention to the uprisings and the people and the struggle. It's called the people's struggle. 
Um, and uh, I think uh, there's a desire to return to normalcy where they continue to maintain uh, their power and some of these contradictions and hypocrisies um, are less exposed, right? So um, there's definitely, you know, let's calm down. Let's let's get this IMF loan. Let's like you can't uh, use my you pool. know we, okay, okay go some of you out, can use my pool you know. sometime, please. <laughs> yeah. um, Here's one yeah. inflatable and, pool and, for you know, all the people. It's an eat the rich moment, right? <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it it is it is a mass, uh, definitely class awakening of um, the not just the ways in which uh, this regime has been corrupt, but also all of these stories and kind of the neoliberal myths and like, this is what's going to bring us prosperity and security and, um, you know, Godabaya coming into presidency was also on the backs of Islamophobia as well. And so, um, you know, it, it's it's an imperfect movement, yeah. you know, because there are people who, this is their first time ever protesting, sometimes thinking about these ideas. Uh, you know, there, it's, a, it's a moment of change and exchange and things that people, all the protesters aligned about was that Goda needed to go and they yeah. won that, right? I mean, fled the country. Um, he was ousted by the people. So it, it's a huge victory. Um, it feels like also like the the Argentina que se vayan todos like 2003 moment um, or 2000. Why am yeah. I blanking if it was one or three? I'm an asshole. I, I feel but like, yeah. you know, that cross movement exchange is really important, especially as folks push against anti-austerity measures and some of the, you know, the contradictions of the IMF as well, because the ways in which um, the IMF approaches a European country versus, um, you know, a country in the global south. So I think learning from Argentina, Argentina, learning from Lebanon, you know, learning from, you know, other peoples who have gone through uh, these situations is really important. Yeah. yeah. And what do you know of like the demands? Like what comes next in terms of what, at least what seems like most people can kind of get down with? Well, um, well, there's what most people get down with, and then there's the progressive demand. So I'll start with, like, I think most people are aligned with, they get that uh, what allowed for the authoritarian consolidation of power was uh, the the way in which the executive presidency was set up, which was set up in, like, the 1970s. It wasn't originally, oh, okay. um, you know, uh, something that was part of uh, the Sri Lankan governance, and then also the 20th Amendment, which was, uh, which happened in 2020, which also um, gave uh, the president way too much power and, um, you know, undermined any parliamentarian, like, checks and balances. And um, so abolishing the uh, executive presidency and the uh, 20th Amendment is uh, is is something that many of the protesters uh, recognize. Uh, uh, so that there is a desire for structural right. change. Going to a parliamentary um, system, stop with the executive having so much power. 
the, yes. Um, and many of the progressive groups and who I'm in solidarity with and who have been resisting the Rajapaksas for over 15 years are, uh, you know, want devolution of power beyond the parliament to the most local level in a way that, but not in a way that just empowers local elites, but that, um, you know, um, ensures equitable, inclusive processes for caste oppressed people, for poor people, for gender oppressed people, for, um, um, you know, so because devolution, devolution of power uh, um, is is an incredible demand and the implementation of it has to be something that doesn't also just empower local mm, elites. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then Ronald, okay, this folio, this di- diabolical, uh, he, you know, Ronald said that he was going to resign. Right, like when Goda said he was going to resign, this is the prime minister, he was right? Resign. The current prime minister, the one that was appointed after uh, the brother, you know, was like, "Okay, I got, I'm going to resign." <laughs> like, I'm going, and then he was like, you know, "JK, I'm going." Yeah, and then and then you know, Goda uh, appointed Ronald to protect his own assets, right, and his own interests, and um, you know, to try to. I mean, he. He's a he turned on the people, Ronald. But you know, the people were like, "Yo, this dude needs to get out. We got his brother out. Now we need him out. And now, now you're slowing down the process, right?" And so, and then Ronald said he would, but now he hasn't resigned. Um, it is uh, there is going to be an election by the parliament. Um, you know, uh, the what. Um, folks from GGG are wanting is somebody to be acting president, interim president, who uh, doesn't have political ambitions Mm. so that their um, commitment is not about gaining more power, but their commitment is about addressing this economic crisis, making sure that people get fed, making sure that there's a food distribution system that um, is going to fend off starvation, making sure that... uh, that the people's needs and wants are are that essential goods gets to the people that the medical crisis is uh, resolved and there's um, a fear that a career politician hmm. is going to undermine the will of the people and it's going to become this like stabilization let's have security you know uh, let's uh, play with the IMF in a way that doesn't actually hear uh the the demands of the people and the mandates of the people which is that people need to be fed people need health care um and uh these and austerity measures that goes against it is not something that um that people are going to yeah and there has to be a renegotiation of the debt i mean the 2001 excuse me argentina crisis i mean like there was like a it was a utter shift and there was a renegotiation of debt with the IMF. And and the president at the time was like, yeah, you're not getting all this money. I'm sorry. And then, of course, lo and behold, 10 years later, uh, you know, you have like a right wing government coming in and be like, oh, sorry, we'll totally pay you all that money. Um, and you're like, motherfucker, you just, you just turned this. Like-. So it's a long road ahead. But it's like fascinating having that like yeah. psychic break with the neoliberal norm and having people from the middle classes also kind of joining the struggle. Um, 
who maybe otherwise weren't impacted before yeah, that, I think is incredibly, is good, right, for a mass movement. Um, is there something we didn't get to that you want to add or that people should know? Um, well, I think, you know, when dynamics in the diaspora have been complicated, you know, for uh, you the minoritized communities and then progressive communities, like, um, you know, many of the folks who have been part of these movements that I've named, they didn't vote for this regime, right? And they and many of them have been resisting it for a long time. And so there can sometimes be this, like, strange feeling to be like, yo, y'all are the, y'all are the ones that, you know, were okay with Islamophobia. You were the ones that were complicit with the war crimes. You were the ones, and now you're in the streets, right? And, um, you know, I think for myself, I more than majoritarian hypocrisies, what uh, is more important to me is the freedom and liberation of our peoples, right? So when we look at the long arc and what needs to happen, Gota needed to get out because he's responsible for so for, for murdering so many people, right? He's he's responsible. Called the um, Terminator, right? He He before this, I mean, when it comes to yeah. like, the the, yeah. the war on the Tamil Tigers and that whole, you know, the, obviously the Tamil people generally, like, yeah, it, nickname I mean, was, was the Terminator, yeah. straight up. Like, that's something I'm learning yeah. about him. So anyway, yes. Yeah. So, and, and he needs to be held accountable for uh, war crimes, extrajudicial killings, um, you know, disappearances, as well as the corruption and, and thievery, right? So, um, and, you know, I'm an abolitionist, but I feel like, you know, so I'm like, until we have a system to address war criminals, um, you know, yeah, he needs, he needs to go to jail. So, um, uh, at least but, he's never know, allowed to go in the pool again. Exactly. Oh, he's, I mean, he, yeah, I don't think he's, he's coming going back, back into the country. Right. He, yeah. He held on to that presidency so that he could flee with impunity because while he was president he couldn't be charged so we've heard um, of this even in this country <laughs> that's how trump is going to yeah. try to avoid getting charged is running again yeah and um, do, would would the sri lankan people like to invade the united states and install a democracy because we could use some help <laughs> yes You'd have to increase uh, the lottery pieces. There's a like a lot of. We need, we, I mean, there's like a lot of paperwork. Yeah. Can the drum circle expand um, wide enough? Yeah. Hey, I believe in in vibrational. You know, uh, I think I you know and I our our particles and entanglement. So I, I yes, I, I I think that we can. Uh, we can catch the vibration, but I even, but on a more serious thing, I actually think that we do need to be looking at, you know, what happens to a country when it defaults on its loans? Um, you know, what happens when, um, when a country is at the, you know, crux of so many, of, you know, we're talking also about the ways in which um, climate disaster has also impacted the island as well. And, um, you, and there's, you know, we we have to shift the logic and, and the ways in which we understand how we organize humanity. We have to 
fundamentally shift human economies. We have to really question ethno-nationalism and this idea that we're going to divide and organize humans based on language and ethnicity with these militarized borders. You know, um, like what is our relationship to the land and to each other? Um, I think there's a lot for us to recuperate from our um, ancient ways to be able to imagine what could be possible in the future, right? So, um, you know, similar to many indigenous communities and some of our ancient Tamil texts, we, the ways in which humanity was organized was not by, not, was, was by like, um, we were people of the coast, people of the, uh, the dry lands, people of the fertile lands, you know, people of the forest and the jungle. So, uh, our, we were, there, there are things that we can draw from our past about our healthy, loving devotion to the land um, and other beings. We, we can, the, this is a question, like how do we actually want to organize our societies mm-hmm. and economies? Um, and what do we need to do to interrupt this uh, destructive, extractive, murderous yeah. logic? Um, that we are finding ourselves at the mercy of right mm, now. Absolutely. Yes. I love, and, I, and these are the moments we can actually like start to like even dream about that stuff. Um, Yalini dreams. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for being here. Thank <laughs> you for bringing um, your, that wisdom and then that groundedness. Um, I, I really appreciate it. And, and and on such short notice too, I hit you up last minute and you're, you were great and wonderful and um, thank you, every everybody. Yalani, can we follow you on the socials? Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. At Yalani Dream, Y A L I N I Dream. Um, so, and I'm also on uh, Instagram. And uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody, follow so, Yalani, and um, we'll be obviously continuing to follow this story and sending. You know, if there's info on also how people abroad can like be in solidarity with materially, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I also want to shout out that IUSF, which is the Inter-University Student Federation, they, which is the largest student union. And um, there's folks from all over the island. And they were the ones pushing things on the front line who were getting water cannoned and tear gassed and kept, um, you know, regrouping and showing back up. And um, so... I mean, there are so many different groups who have done so many. I mean, you know, the environmental justice, justice folks, they were part of cleaning up the palace, uh, you know, after the occupation. Um, and, you know, and also had like a, you know, solar panel truck at the, uh, you know. At Why the are all site. social so movements so much cooler than ours? They're just so much cooler. Oh, I fucking <laughs> hate it. Ours are so lame. I mean. Oh. Uh, we 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 have the potential, y'all. We do, we do, Thank we do. We can get it together. Yalani, you're you're wonderful. Take very good care. Everybody, follow Yalani on uh, all the things. And um, that was cool. Very cool. Very. It's like um, it's one of those. Yeah, just a moment. Like a very like I want to am am inspired by at a distance, but it feels like a huge moment because it like unlike our. I mean, unlike um. You know, Argentina had this, and a lot of countries like realized neoliberalism, and they got really fucked a, a while ago. Um, but it seems like Sri Lanka was sort of like hobbling along and doing okay, and yeah, cars were being imported, etc. 
And then I mean, it just it you know it 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 brings me back to like this a uh, question about social change that I'm sort of keeps coming up, which is that it's like as hard as it is to overthrow the government in the scheme of like historic projects, overthrowing the government is not actually that hard. Um, you know, these motherfuckers went out and camped in the streets for three months and then the government collapsed. It's like, can you imagine, you know, that overthrowing the government is not that hard compared to trans fundamentally transforming your society and like doing all the, all the great stuff that Yanni was talking about in terms of reimagining how we relate to the world and each other and the planet, all that stuff. Like, you know, building a different kind of, can you do the second without the first is I think the big question, especially as I bitch about climate doom, I'm like, well, maybe we actually can't stop climate change through legislative means. That being said, I think of Naomi Klein, who's like, the government is the only one who can actually fucking mobilize enough money to do what we need needs to be done. Yeah. I mean, but like, you know, it's like, you know, I just, the let, you know, what we've seen from history. I mean, this is sort of the conundrum, like, let's say that the Sri Lankan popular movements were as successful as they possibly could be in our wildest dreams. And what we've seen from around the world is that the international ruling class punishes people who get uppity in the global South. Um, and so yes. it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to theorize that. Like, what do you do about that? But not, I mean, yes and no. Like I know people have been like brutalized. Um, but again, like looking back to Argentina, like it wasn't a total rollback. There was like, they would never go back to full, neoliberal economics um however they went to soy monocrop (laughs) but they kept the money which i think is the next step it's like how do you keep money internally but then ultimately move away from capitalism i don't know um and ultimately move away from extractive um you know relationships to the earth and it's also it's also an issue of scale because argentina is a lot bigger than sri lanka and like can have a is big enough to have a diversified economy Potentially. I don't know. I mean, I, we, yeah. I'm like, should we get Yalani back in here? But like, no, it, yes. Uh, maybe. But like, it's amazing how an entire giant country can be made to be like, oh, no, no, you just produce soybeans. Like, what? Yeah. And like, Sri Lanka is incredibly rich in terms of natural resources. So, anywho, to be continued, TBD, y'all. We're going to check in with the people in the pool and the people cooking um, lunch in the presidential kitchen, which I, who I fucking love. love it. Um, but for now, uh, we got to move into, on to our final segment. Um, this is very fun because in light of the fact that Medieval Times Restaurant in New Jersey just formed a union. Um, that's right. M- Medieval Times had to form a union. The serfs rose up, you guys, is what happened. They fucking, they were like, mm-mm. This is not going to be medieval times no longer. Um, we're going to at least get into, like, the 1930s or something. Uh, they formed a union, and it's so funny. And I, the only thing I know medieval times from is Cable Guy, which is, like, one of my favorite movies. Um, and uh, now I want to rewatch it. <laughs> weird? Yeah, weird that that's one of your favorite movies. No, it's so good. It's like a cult classic. It's like you watch it first and you're like, this is weird. Is that really Jim Carrey? Why is it a dark comedy? And then you realize Ben Stiller's kind of a genius when he directs stuff, but like when he acts and stuff, I'm not as big into it. The point is this. Haven't you seen Severance? Okay, that's a different discussion. We're imagining the next niche 
union drive that we want to see. Here it is, people. Where, what, what sector of society do you want to see unionized in this country? Again, union union efforts are up like four hundred percent this year. Something insane. Like the number of petitions have never been seen in decades. Uh, it's a good time. Fifty six percent. Whatever. Fifty six four hundred. I don't do numbers. This is America's <laughs> next niche union drive. I haven't quite given this enough thought, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, can we get some kind of comedians union for the love of God so we can all pool our drink tickets and talk about the one time that we got paid in Monopoly. At one time I got paid in Monopoly money, like Safeway Monopoly money, where if you like save up enough coupons, it was like 50% off YoPlay. And I was like, well, today I quit. (laughs) (laughs) so bad no but like obviously comedians need a fucking union there there's no union and it is antithetical to the way that um that industry runs which is on personal favors fame who you know the hang um also being fairly talented helps but not always um sometimes uh just like befriending the gatekeeper douchebag and uh, shielding them from any kind of Me Too allegations that you know are real. Shielding your famous comedian friends from those same allegations. You guys know the score. Anywho, that's what I want. I want a comics union. And so we can all be like, I demand at least $25 from this bar show. Ugh. Mostly I just want healthcare. That's why I do want comedians for uh, single payer. And I will start that at some point. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are some unions that are comedian adjacent, like the Writers Guild and the SAG-AFTRA. And, um, you know, conceivably, there's stuff that could be done to build them more into... But, like, it, that's still a long way away from... Getting you know get getting the you know the funny bone of Omaha under the master contract. No, it's not getting it. Rooster Teeth Feathers, which I think it went under. Did it? Oh, that'd be so great. I don't. <laughs> they, they, no, I, 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 it's a, this is a club. This is a comedy club in San Jose. Everybody. It, it, it's yeah. It's it's. It, it's, or not really South Bay. It's in it, yeah. It's it's in, it's in Silicon Valley, but for like like a weird sub like demographic of Silicon Valley, where don't shit on Rooster Tea Feathers, dude. All right, I was past. I was crushing it <laughs> before the pandemic. Oh really? Yeah. We don't have to talk I, about. I did Rooster a bunch of weeks feathers. there, and then the, and then the, she'd always be like, "Yeah, we just don't." Political comedy is not right for us. And then I would be like, I just did well. What are you talking about? Uh, it, oh, always, it always felt like, like you were performing for like, like, you know, fucking anesthesiologists at Kaiser and their plumbers. It was like this weird, like, demographic exa- audience. That is, that is exactly what that audience is. I can't. <laughs> this conversation is for like five people, if you know the club we're talking about. But anyway, and Nato, still what? in year of our Lord twenty nineteen or whatever, the walk on music at Rizzo T Feathers was pink. Let's get this party started from like oh god five million years ago. That's uh, oh, isn't that I'm coming up? 
or no, was it? Isn't Party Started Black Eyed Peas, or is that still? It was the the pink. It was the pink song. I don't know what it's called. I'm coming okay. up. We're gonna get this party started. Yes. You know the yes. one. Oh, of course I know the one. No, no, no. Don't we don't have? And then they would cue the lights. The point yeah. is, no. And the WGA and SAG, yeah, like, like that's great. I wish I were in them. I'm SAG eligible. Hello, you could book me. <laughs> but, but I do think like one of the other. You know, I as a journalist online. Like the one place that, for example, the WGA has had tough a tough time is like actually organizing people who are online writers and anyone who does any kind of online content, um, even if it is like scripted stuff that is, you know, it's been it's just fallen by the wayside. And I, I don't know the in, ins and outs of like why, but it's a huge number of workers that um, could be paying dues. So anyway, uh, did you actually I mean. This there's an interesting lawsuit happening now in the entertainment industry that is related to this about Love Is Blind. You know what I'm talking about? No. So, it, so obviously, like the um, the uh, you know reality television is like yeah mostly non-union, and then people go on and debase themselves for the opportunity to win a thing. And basically, a contest. I mean, the talent or the writers. The, like Sorry, as contestant, the, 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 the contestants, and so yeah. somebody who was on Love Is Blind, some reality show, sued the company, saying that the production violated the California Labor Code because they weren't paid minimum wage or like given overtime or meal breaks or whatever according to the Labor Code. For yeah, so it just like it would potentially have huge repercussions across the industry if people who would go on shows as contestants had to be paid as workers. Uh, and I, you know, I think there's an argument that the, that the, the legal basis, you know, I, I can see the legal claim there. It makes sense to me. Of course. Of course. You're basically, you are talent, even if you are like, but, but NATO love, love, you can't buy love. I've heard that. <laughs> All right. What's, what's the niche sector you want to see unionized? Uh, the niche sector that I want to see unionized is, um, is, uh, like old Asian waiters who yell at you. Um, do you know, like, like in every town, there's some, like, like some restaurant where there's like, uh, like at it, like, you know, some like venerable Chinese or Thai restaurant where what they're yeah. famous for is that the waiter will yell at you. And you, you mean could, House of Nanking in Chinatown? House of Nanking in Chinatown. There was a place, <laughs> like, I, I, I was in Portland recently, and there was a Thai restaurant that I went to there, and the guy would be like, yell at me, and be like, you know, you need to eat it spicier. We're going to burn your asshole out. Like, <laughs> um, those guys need a union. That, that, that does, yeah, those guys definitely need, yeah, exactly. Um, th- yeah. They need some worker protection. Yeah, the guy at House of Nanking <laughs> who was like, you know, no, no, no. You don't like chicken. You like pork. Okay, sir. Yeah, I know what you want. I know what you want. And you're like, I guess so. And then you're like in the middle of your meal and they're like, oh, are you done? Can you go? Yeah. Can we can we go now? I'm like, I'm, I'm still eating. I just got my food. <laughs> um, I love that. I mean, yes, I, I think that would be a tough uphill battle. Um, I feel like culturally, I'm like, as someone who's Chinese, I feel like workers' rights not really high on the on the priority list. There, um, it's like you know, yeah, work hard, make your family proud, but no workers' right, no time off, um, no minimum wage. Uh, but anywho, 
Um, I like that. I think that's important. Then they might be just like nicer. But then you'll miss it. You'll miss getting berated. No, then they then they get to, you know, then more people. It doesn't just get to have to be the old guy, but like the young woman at the Chinese restaurant gets to find her voice and yelling at you because she's protected now. There's more space yeah. for more people to yell. Yeah. For, and no one's worried about losing more their job. Abuse. That's right. Yeah. Fuck, dude. That reminds me of this. Anyway, someone shot a, a Chinese delivery food driver, like like a dude who worked at this Chinese restaurant that he would order at all the time. He didn't get enough, get this, like duck sauce. And he kept complaining about it multiple weeks after ordering from this place and then finally shot and killed the delivery driver because he was so mad at him. Wow. Guys, go to therapy. Your fucking duck sauce, you and your like racist ass. How can you be like that mad at someone who's giving you yummy ass Chinese food? Because you won't shell out another 50 cents for some more duck sauce. That shit is expensive. Um, I just, I was like, that is, I, this is me going to be me an asshole, but that, that is like the craziest fat guy crime I've ever heard of. Is, is duck sauce a thing? Yeah. Like oyster sauce. Oh. I think it's like similar to oyster sauce. Uh, it might just be oyster sauce, a different word for it's, it. It anyway. sounds to me like something where, like, you know, it's some, like, white people shit that they say. No. Oh, it might be. I don't know, actually. Because they don't uh, want to tell white people what the, what the real thing is. Oh, yeah, word. The point is, I'm going to create a true crime series about fat guy crimes, and this is one <laughs> of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, we gotta be done. Nato Green, everybody follow him on all the socials at Nato Green on Twitter, at Mr. Nato Green on Instagram. Listen to all his albums on Bandcamp. The Whiteness album is the most recent, but there's many others, including the Nato Green party. Uh And he's joining me for a quick little bonus segment for all of you beautiful, sexy patrons out there. We're talking about Ted Cruz, we're talking about gay marriage, uh, we're talking about. Uh, the next fight and why. Um, Nato, take very good care. Get the hell out of here, buddy. And all you wonderful, beautiful people in the ether, thank you so much for all of your comments, for all the super chats. Jody O'Dell, thank you so much, says, I'm game. Replace Trevor Noah. Who do I need to call? Just at Comedy Central. Um, On Biden's quote, and I fucking love this. Biden's quote, you need... You need not be a Jew to be a Zionist. Ram Z says, okay, then it's not anti-Semitic to be anti-Zionist. Huh. By that logic. By that logic, you're absolutely right. And also by the logic that you are just right, generally. It is not anti-Semitic to be anti-Zionist um, at all. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> but my boy raps says it took me a second to realize he didn't flub the line yeah no he stuck the line he stuck that landing he because he's been saying that line for a very long time um robert giving me a super chat about attracting a highway of cats if i put out food oh is this about my um if you don't mind causing ant genocide try tarot concentrated liquid ant killer uh, yes. Uh, last week I was bitching about the ants in my place. You know, tarot works and then it doesn't. You know, they find their way around it. So like it's like chill in one spot, but then mm-mm, 
Mm-mm. Um, Caperman 5000 on abortion writes, first time I've ever heard Holly talk and I hate him. Um, on the representative, on Representative Ralph Norman, sir, do you even know what a macaroni in a pot sounds like? That's from Antifa on Twitch. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That is a good um, fucking comment. I love it. Uh, let's see. Oh, the fart song. Thank you guys so much for being patrons, all the new patrons. Um, thank you to for the people who up their pledges. Thank you to Carlos C for becoming a patron at $10 or more. Thank you to Marie and Mark for becoming patrons at $10 or more. To Glaring Puffin for becoming patrons at $10 or more. You guys are great. Thank you to Ryan Coral for becoming a patron at 10 bucks or more. Thank you to Corey F. also for becoming a patron at 10 bucks or more. To Joshua Caliendo for becoming a patron at 10 bucks or more. Thank you to Melissa. Melissa A. And thank you to Auntie L Dog. I hope I got everyone. Buttered Pop Tart Dragon also becoming a patron. Um. Ten, uh, Carlos T, ten bucks or more. I gotta restart the goddamn song. All these people, you guys all want your bonus content, and I'm super, super happy. I think we got everybody, and now I'm gonna thank all the folks for becoming, for subscribing on Twitch. Willie Gus Hippie Spot, Braided Dragon, Triselda One, Jim L1975, Squirrely Coney. Aliva Wolf, Candice Lynn 112, John Mize, Daniel McConkie, Frank Morningtree, Sam Alin, The Kind Dragon, Calm Like a Bomb, Chris Huggy, Bama Raiders 12, The Unstable Unicorn 710, Brandy Lou 2, Chris Huggy, Cardinal 520, Julia Says What. Uh, you guys are all awesome. And thank you to everyone who works on the show to Paige Omek, to Maximilian Inhoff, to Alexandra Orness on the other side of the stream. Whew, I had to sweat a little bit on that one. Um, we are here every single Sunday, except in August, we're on Tuesdays at 1 o'clock, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific. Next week, Emma Vigland of the Majority Report will be on the stream. Do not miss it, y'all. And remember, fight the power, fuck the patriarchy, and don't just bitch about it. Be about it later. <laughs> <laughs> 